You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Horrors. This is episode 512. I'm your host, Chicky Mick, alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend. It's Alex. So nice of you to join us this week, Tricky Mick. Yeah, and my, I'm even doing it from work. Uh, he is my trophy bitch. He's Daryl. Wow, man. I figured by now I would actually get like a legit you know intro like a nice little moniker like oh the savior of the show oh you know when i'm not doing the thing you know here comes you know my my, my backup oh my, my best friend you know all, all these nice things you could say but rather than that you're gonna be a douche nozzle so. well, I, I, I the sheriff of trophingham there you go i can't so. change up tradition there uh mr daryl uh, i got you got you does, got you. does well, tradition also include you missing half of the show's well, listen, we all know, and this has been going on for the 10 years I've been doing this show, when it comes to the winter, I tend to miss a little bit of shows because I have to work. Work including hooking up your PS5 at, at work and going to town on not earning platinum trophies. See, well, see, folks, I, what he's doing this year is he's not actually going to earn platinums. He's going to just spam bronze trophies. Hey, somebody's got to do it, man. Them bronze trophies ain't going to spam themselves. Exactly. Uh, speaking of trophies, let's do our updated trophy count. I am level 680 with a total trophies of 16,510 with a hundred, uh, 371 platinums. I'm surprised you guys didn't mention my platinum last week there, Alex. Uh, well, it, you should have been on the show. What were your... I mean, we read off the trophies, so what... I got the Ghost of Shishima PS5 platinum. We haven't mentioned that on the show before? No, because I just got it last week. Yeah. Fair I got enough. the PS4 I one. Now I well, have yeah, one. we know. Yes, Tricky Tricky has 700 Platinums in 30 games. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Alex, what are your trophies, sir? <clears throat> My trophies, I am level 454 with a total trophy count of 7,819 with a Platinum count of 120 and 119 games. I'm on the cusp of 121. A little more grind uh, to do, but yeah. All right. Uh, I Because I'm recording from work, I'm going to need uh, Alex to read off Yield's and Sid's trophies. Yield is level 468 with a total trophy count of 8,240 and a platinum count of 148. A very hearty and healthy 148. And Sid, our main man from across the pond, level 547, total trophy count of 11,266 with a platinum count of 214. All right. And Daryl, what's your meager count? Yeah, I am a meager uh, level 673 with a very pathetic uh, trophy count of 15,581 with a awful, just abysmal platinum count of 363 platinums. Oh, wretched. You need, you need to get down on my level, Daryl, and get 120 <laughs> platinums. Well, you know, I, I'm suffering from the same um, <clears throat> uh, trophy uh, platinum blockage that uh, Tricky is suffering from. 
since the two of us are on our uh, our spam celibacy, uh, I'm not popping near as many trophies. As a matter of fact, my my completion percentage dropped down from 54% to 49.95 because I keep opening all these games with these uh, just god awful amount of trophies. Like like uh, Dead by Daylight has 185 trophies, and I started the game on PS4 and PS5. So you're talking close to 400 unearned trophies. And it just sinking my... I just decided since I'm not spamming Platinums, I'm just going to sink my percentage, my completion percentage. I'm just going to keep opening games, popping two trophies and bouncing. Just for perspective, I think I have just over a thousand unearned trophies in total. Maybe it's maybe it's close to, to 1,100. I'm not entirely sure, but I know, I know it's just north of 1,000. And you have opened within the games the pandora's box that you've opened recently you've got about half that total or edging up upon half that oh. total so that just shows how much you've been like you said bringing your percentage down yeah. i will tell you though this is the play because i know that you and your family have been playing games together you and your wife you and your kids the, the play is you can totally beat tricky and platinum this year and then you can just fucking ride him about how you actually legit beat him playing legit games Oh yeah! All this year, because he's—we already learned he's not—he's been playing a game and he finished it. He's not going to go for that platinum trophy. So this is this is your year, Daryl. This is the year year of the tiger. No, this is the year of the resident Daryl. There you go. Well, I mean, I got what four or five platinums last month alone. So he's gotten one. So yeah, well, he's got a long way to go. To be fair, three of those platinums I'm not allowed to get because I would lose a bet. Yeah, because you made side bets because you're a fool. No, because I want to raise money for the kids. Yep. Hey, hey, you know what? Just ex- I hear excuses. You know what I'm saying? They may be good excuses. They may be legit excuses, but they're still excuses. Well, you know, I, I was listening to the latest episode <coughs> of the Loop Bros, and you you are sick and pretty low playing SpongeBob on a Vita. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a pretty decent game. I mean, uh, yeah, I never unfo- played. Unfortunately, that would be uh, I would be called out if I played that. Yeah, I, you probably would be called out, but I mean, the thing is, is it's like an eight to ten hour platinum. So, you know, back in our day, tricky that was considered uh, spam. Back well, <laughs> back that, when we no, started, no, 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 that was a, a questionable game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That would have got you docked in the back in the day. Back in when when Donnie was the uh, uh, judge and executioner, you've been playing them baby games. You mean when Donnie uh, Meg, uh, got the platinum in Mega Mind and uh, Hannah Montana, you know the same shit I was doing at the same time. Yeah, but but you, as long as you announce that you are enjoy those properties, those IPs, then it's okay. Right, right, right. Because you know Mega Mind was you know such a landmark movie that Look, it required a uh, a video game to. He, here's accommodate. the criteria for Donnie. Donnie's like, all right, I got four, four criteria. Is it Resi? Is it Resident Evil? Is it Metal Gear Solid? Is it Ratchet and Clank? <laughs> is it Devil May Cry? It's not one of those. Doesn't count. It's not, it's not right. a good trophy. And That's right. There, there was another game he was all, all hard about. I can't remember what it was. Well, I mean, he. I mean, I saw he's been playing The Evil Within two recently. I mean, he. I mean, he plays a lot of games. It's just you know he's he's very uh, passionate about very uh, very uh, specific games. As I mean, as we all are. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to what we're playing. Daryl, we'll start with you. Obviously, you've been playing some Dying Light 2. What else have you been playing? Uh, I thought you just yeah. said Dying Light. Or, or no, well, Dying Light uh, 2 yeah. as well. Oh, is it Dying Light? I thought it was Evil Within. No, I've been playing um, Dying Light 2. Okay. 
So okay, it just came out. He said he said like a hundred something trophies. I'm like, there's no way Dying Light Two already has a hundred and something. No, trophies. no, that was Dead by Daylight. Oh, uh, I'm getting confused with my games. Go ahead, yeah. I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, I mean, they all they all sound the same. No, <clears throat> excuse me. So I started playing Dead by Daylight with my son, right? And then like everyone in the house had COVID like two weeks ago. So we started playing Dead by Daylight, and in our we were he, he and I were the only ones that didn't have it. So we were like quarantined away from everyone in our game room, and in there I, I have the PS4 Pro, and he's got his PS5. So I was playing Dead by Daylight with him, and I was playing on the PS4. Well, that game has a PS5 version, and the trophies do not auto pop, but it's one of those live service games. So like all of your all of your data stays in the cloud, you know, with the actual game. So you're able to log in any you know platform and play with all of your stats, you know, like your character levels and things like that. And so, um, so what I did was I played with him for a while, popped like I don't know five or six trophies, and then I jumped on the PS5 version, which was up in my office on my PS5, which runs so much better. But it pops like it has its own separate trophy list, and it doesn't auto. It does. I, I thought it was one trophy list personally. I didn't realize that they actually put out a PS5 version of the game, um, but I didn't look into it. Um, I just downloaded it, and I, I guess at one point in time, I had to have chosen to download the PS5 version. Uh, either way, long story short, what it is, it's got 185 trophies because of all the DLC packs. So, like, when I turned the game on, I <laughs> I had friggin' close to 400 trophies between the two games, um, you know, unearned. And that put me, that's, you know, that's 370 trophies. That put me at uh, 20,000 unearned trophies total, which is like, I don't know, that all of a sudden just became disgusting to me. I was like, wait a second. I never cared about my unearned trophies before, but now uh, that was like, a, I guess that number, I'm like, whoa, that's that's ridiculous. So um, I've been trying to chip away and clean those up, but those lists, like, they take forever. Those, I mean, those are not, you know, you're not going to play on those anytime soon, but I've been playing that with my boys, uh, enjoying it. And this week was a rough week <coughs> between being a little under the weather and um, like a rough week at work. I, I didn't come home and want to play anything that really required a lot of like mental, you know, uh, like awareness. So I've been playing some uh, WWE 2K Battlegrounds. Uh, not a good game, but I just, the other night I got home and I was like, I just, I want to lay down and just smash buttons, you know? And I was like, I hadn't played a wrestling game in a while. I had it downloaded. Um, I knocked out one of the trophies. There's only 13 trophies for that game, but I just don't know that I'll ever finish it because it's just not fun. Uh, and I didn't remember, I mean, you know, I didn't play it much when it first came out. So I tried it out again. I was like, no, I still don't really dig this. Uh, and then <laughs> the other night, this is kind of when I started, started coming down with whatever chest cold or head cold I got. I, I got home and I was like, I really want to play Dying Light 2, but like, I don't like, I just mentally don't want to do it. Like, I don't feel, I don't want to pay attention to anything. I don't want to do anything difficult. You know, I don't want my heart racing because of there's, it's legit got some scary parts in it, you know? So I'm sitting in my recliner in my bedroom and I, I like scrolling through all my games and I saw Grand Theft Auto 3. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll play Grand Theft Auto. So I load up Grand Theft Auto, and I'm like, I don't... The controls are so garbage. I'm not playing the remaster either. I'm playing, like, the PS2 version that's, like, they released on PS4 back in, like, 2016. 
And I was like, I'll just, you know, do a couple missions on that. And I hadn't played it in a while. Um, well, anyways, I, needless to say, I fumbled with the controls for a few minutes. And I was like, I don't feel like doing this. So I went and stole a taxi, turned on taxi mode, and sat there for an hour just doing taxi fares. Just driving people around the city, picking up money. <laughs> you have to do 100 um, taxi fares for a trophy. I got that trophy. <laughs> I just turned my brain off and just listened to Chatterbox, listened to Laszlo. And I just sat there and listened to the Grand Nevada radio. And I had, uh, uh with Fernando. <laughs> I actually played those games so much back in the day that I, uh, learned the cycle of the radio. Yeah. So I could always like figure out when like Laszlo, like when the segment I wanted to list, like wanted to listen to came on or, uh, uh, take it to the limit was like my favorite song from uh in that game so like i i learned uh, the cycle so that i could uh you know be hearing the songs that i wanted to while i was driving in the car yeah it's so funny because like i'm playing through it and like like you said i started to learn the cycle because i mean you gotta drive around for a long time to get all those taxi fares and i'm like i'm like <laughs> i'm driving around Listening to Laszlo talk about giving, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I can save your daddy. I, I can give you the world. <laughs> it's so dumb. But like, I sat there and just listened to it. And I was just having a blast, man. And like, my kids were like, all right, we're ready to go to bed. So I freaking, I take, I put them all to bed. My wife, she had to pick up a couple extra shifts this week. So she was like tired. And she's like, I'm just going to go lay down. So she's behind me watching um reality tv on her tv and i like rearranged my room and put like a tv in my armoire and uh, i'm sitting there in the recliner you know playing this and <laughs> she falls asleep and i'm over here just freaking <laughs> taxiing people around <laughs> until midnight and i'm like all right i'm going to bed <laughs> one one critique i do have like that because like the the music obviously the soundtracks for those games got increasingly like more uh, got increasingly more recognizable songs as the series went on. So that by the time you got to San Andreas, like they had some heavy hitters and even Vice City as well. But as they moved towards like the better soundtracks, like the better music, they got like there wasn't like that Laszlo station where you had like that talk radio, like Chatterbox in the first one. They kind of got away from that and went to more of like the licensed songs, which kind of, to be honest, kind of disappointed me. But well, you know, um, I actually I've been talking with some indie devs about doing a little bit of um like voice work in their games and doing some music for their games. And this one guy approached me and, and this may still, it may, it may still work out. It may not. I don't know. Um, but he approached me about six months ago about doing a, um, like an Alex Jones style conspiracy theorist, like, uh, for like a, a radio station in his game. And he said he was going to experiment with, you know, turning on channels or being, you know, pinging channels in these little space stations or whatever. And so I, you know, we, we had talked about it and I was like, well, send me kind of like bullet points, like a script or like a, like an overview of what you want. And I'll start, you know, recording lines and sending stuff over. And a lot of it was going to be shooting from the hip, a little on the freestyle side, just sa sounding like a frantic, you know, like conspiracy theorist or whatever. And so what I did was I went on YouTube and I listened to all of the Laszlo recordings through all the games. And there's actually like a YouTube video. It was like a couple hours long. And it has like Laszlo's stuff. And I don't remember in each game how you uncover it. But it gets to a point where um, 
he is no longer doing his chatterbox radio station. He's doing a podcast and he's trying to save the internet and all this stuff. And it's pretty interesting how like throughout the Grand Theft Auto games, Laszlo has a story arc and it progresses as his life gets worse and he becomes more and more of a washed up radio host. And it's like the, the times have changed, but he's still this old, like, you know, borderline racist, uh, you know, uh, m- misogynist or whatever, like from from the 80s, you know what I'm saying? Like a washed up rock star, essentially. Um, it's pretty wild. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's crazy. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. I didn't realize how that was the thing. So No, I never even knew that, that there was a story arc to that character. It's pretty brilliant, and if you pick up on it, it's it's got to be like just mind blowing. But I, after playing those games for so many hours, and I played the shit out of those games, wouldn't touch them now because I think the trophy list would be absolute fucking nightmares. But I did have fun with those games in their time, and it you know I, I'm amazed that I didn't pick up on that with how much I was in cars and listening to radio stations. Yeah, it's wild. I didn't know it either until I listened to them all ripped in you know in order. And uh, it was it was quite interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know that I would have ever picked that up personally, but that's pretty cool. And so I was today years old when I heard that Laszlo had a story arc. <laughs> yeah, well, so the GTA Vice City um, Definitive Edition is on PS Now, and I've been thinking about downloading it, playing it. Um, but like you said, the tr- the trivia lists aren't like desirable. They're not terrible, but they're not desirable, and. Honestly, they play those the, the old versions of the games play so bad. If I don't beat them first and then I play the definitive editions, I'll never go back. And and so I've been trying to make myself finish the old versions first, even just beat the games. But just playing it for a little while, I was like, I don't know how I did it back then, back in the day, because I did everything back in the day. Well, I mean, but, you know, you think about it like that's those are the control schemes we had now. I mean, the control schemes we have now are much better than. You know, what we had back in the day, it's just back in the day we didn't know it because most games probably had a really lackluster control scheme and you didn't have anything really good to compare it to, you know. Yeah. I definitely right. agree. So. Uh, what else you play there, Daryl? Um, that's it, man. Um, uh, like I said, Grand Theft Auto, Dying Light, a little bit of Dead by Daylight. Hasn't been, you know, a great, you know, week knocking out games for me. So, All right, Alex? Inching closer towards the Hot Wheels Unleashed Platinum Trophy. I've got one more trophy to get for that. i got to grind out some more gears, and I will be good. be adding that to my backlog beatdown total there. Get me up to six. And, uh, yeah, Rocket League on Thursday with the guys. Most of my time, though, has gone to Jedi Fallen Order. Trying to get through at least the story before Horizon comes out on the 18th, which is, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, tomorrow at midnight. So uh, this coming Thursday... At midnight, you can download and play Horizon Zero, or not Zero Dawn, uh, Forbidden West. So, once that comes out, I am going to uh, suspend playing Fallen Order for a little bit, and then just, you know, play until I get the Platinum Trophy, and then come back to Fallen Order. But, um, yeah, Tricky, I know you finished Fallen Order this week, and we were kind of having a little discussion back and forth between us and with Yield in the background about how we felt about the game. Uh... So, Tricky, just kind of, you know, we can kind of meld into your, what we've been playing here a little bit, but, like, your general thoughts on the game, because we talked about it a little bit last week when you weren't here, just between me and Yield, like, what are your general thoughts on Jedi Fallen Order as a game? 
First of all, fuck the spiders. I, I'm surprised I actually got through the game with all the spiders, but I was able to get. Yeah, to know. I didn't. I didn't even know there. Uh, there were spiders. Um, on multiple planets, but yeah, there are sp- spiders on Dothamir. There are spiders on Kashyyyk, and uh, apparently, there's you know there's a trophy for beating four great beasts within the game, yes. and one of them is the giant white Wishok, which is the the spider. And I, I guess you can find that on Kashyyyk. I, that's the only one I haven't found. I found all the others. So uh, hopefully, Tricky, you didn't fight that. It wasn't terrifyingly large. I did not, and that's one of the reasons why I'm not getting the platinum. Um, but yeah, well, if, if it were that. not for that that spider, would you get the platinum trophy? No, because or, or do you hate the map so much you don't want to deal with getting the collectibles? I don't want to deal with the collectibles. The map is horrible in that game, and you know, Yield was kind of touching on it last week when he was talking about how once you open everything up, it's hard to navigate to see where you have to go. And to be honest, I mean, it's probably mostly my fault because I haven't really been paying attention. So each way, each map branches off. Like, you unlock the shortcuts and stuff like that, and you can get back to places. But it's so hard to, to navigate in that game that I just don't want to do all the collectibles. I mean, during so. during your story playthrough, like, it, it, it's a little easier to navigate, but once you have to go back in and, and everything's fully open, I can see how getting the collectibles would be very frustrating. But again, I come from Eternal, where that shit was randomized, and I didn't see one particular room that had a cipher in it for 30, 40 hours, so... Yeah, doesn't seem uh, as bad to me. But and I've been playing some Hot Wheels as well. Uh, again, that's another game that Alice did warn me about spider shit. <laughs> um, well, I mean they're ca- they're like cartoonish spiders on the track. They're it, not even anywhere does, near you. They just shoot webs at you. It does not matter. It's you know you 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 take a turn and all of a sudden there's a huge spider on the screen. That's gonna get me. Uh, but currently, uh, right before the recording, I've been playing uh, Iki Island of Ghost of Tsushima on the PS5. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely worth playing, but it's a little weird. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything for you, uh, but it's, uh, it's a little supernatural. I mean, it kind of takes away from the, the fact of what Ghost of Tsushima was. Well, Ghost of Tsushima, especially like Legends, was very supernatural. I mean, there was a supernatural element to it with like the Oni and everything. Well, well, I'm talking about the I'm talking about the actual story. Like there was no supernatural there. It was straightforward. Like you had to follow the code of the samurai or, you know, branch off to your own path. This one, uh it, it just it's there's story to everything. Like when you come up to a location, there's a there's a story attached to it. Uh I, I don't wanna spoil anything for you because it's definitely worth playing so far. I'm about an hour, hour and a half into it now. Uh but yeah, I'll give my full thoughts when I finish it because I don't think it's gonna be that long to finish it. Uh, but that's all I've been playing. So I didn't really, right. I didn't intend to have you run, you know, take the ball and run with it. I, I was gonna, I thought there was gonna be more conversation between you and I on Jedi Fallen Order, but uh... well, I mean, with with I, I like Fallen Order. I mean, it's it's a competent Star Wars game. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong, I, I like the game. I mean, it's it's more than competent. Competent suggests kind of middling. I think it's a good Star Wars game. I just think that. There are certain things that hold it back. Well, you you in conversation with me said that it kind of feels like you're playing Tomb Raider with lightsabers. I mean, yes, very early on, you're going into all the underground tombs. You know, you're going into the Jedi lore, which is fine. I mean, you wanna you want that background story on the Jedi, but just with the world, like the 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 planets they built within that, you know, going on to Zepho. Like, I wanted to leave Zepho as soon as I could because I did not like that. Um, I guess there were, like, some of the abandoned villages up top, 
you know, up on planet side, like I was fine with that. That was cool. But just going underground and being in tombs all the time, that's not what I wanted in my Star Wars game. And yeah, it, it kind of felt like Tomb Raider with a lightsaber. Like it didn't feel like that's part of the reason that I didn't feel like it was a Star Wars game or I was in a Star Wars universe until Kashyyyk. It's because I had to go to the place like Zepho first. So, right. I mean, I felt like the little they were a little heavy on the tomb stuff. But, you know, once you get to Kashyyyk and you get to Dothamir and you get to Ilum and then, um, you know, you, you got to go back to the plants a few times. But, you know, it does start to feel like Star Wars, but it takes a whole bunch of Wookiees and AT-ATs to get you to that point after, you know, going underground and, and hunting for Jedi lore. So, I mean, I understand why they did that. For me, it just kind of took me out of the experience. It's like, oh, okay, I'm, you know, s- you know, five hours in and I finally feel like I'm in a Star Wars game. But there, I mean... Right. That, I mean, that was probably my biggest problem with it, but, I mean, there were a lot of really good stuff about the game. Like, I like the characters quite a bit. Like, I really like the story. You know, I'm deep into the story, so I know who the second sister is. Uh, you know, I've recruited all the characters to the the Mantis that I can. And I, I really like the characters. I like the people in your group. Grease, uh, Marin, Zier, or uh, it's not Zier, Seer. Uh, so I like all the characters. I like Cal as a character. I like the story. I like that they incorporate important story beats within you know, the Star Wars universe into this game. You know, I like how they they fit this into the the larger timeline of Star Wars because, uh, Daryl, have you played Fallen Order? I have, and I didn't make it past the second planet. Oh, that's I, right. We I, talked I, about that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't want to... I, I kind of want to mention a specific story thing. I don't know if I would... Not, no, not you're the, good. I, I'm so far removed from it. I, I, you're not going to hurt. I'm not jumping back into it anytime soon. So, I mean, uh, Order 66 is in the game. So, um, Cal has a, a Jedi uh, Master Trainer, Jero T'Pol. Uh, he's really cool. I, I do like him a lot, but there's not really enough of him in the game. He's not as big a part of the story as I would like him to be. Because, I, you know, he, he, is, he does seem like a cool Master Jedi. But, I mean, Order 66 is in there, and that's how Cal gets separated from his Master. And, it, you know, it's really cool how they incorporate that. So, characters and story, which I expected to be good. I thought Respawn did a really good job with that. And the, the Saber Sword play. You know, at one point you get a double-bladed lightsaber, which is fun to play with. You can go single-blade single lightsaber. And then there's a, a special move where you can use two lightsabers at once. I wish they could have programmed it where you could do... It wasn't just like a special move that you could do. Like, you hit L1 and square, and it uses up force power. You have some of your force power to, to use it. So I wish they kind of would have expounded upon that. But playing, you know, with the double-bladed lightsaber is a lot of fun. So the lightsaber combat is great. And, you know, like... Having all the Jedi powers, like being able to force push enemies off of cliffs to take, you know, to make easy work of them or to pull them towards you and run them through with your lightsaber, that's, that like makes you feel super powerful. And they, overall, they did a good job. You know, in the early part of the game, you go up against the second sister and you're no match. But as you get, you know, through the game and you, be, you, you, know, you learn the lessons you need to as a Jedi and you become more confident in yourself and you gain more powers, you can feel your character getting stronger. You can feel the game getting easier. It's not as overpowering or as, easy as I would say the Force Unleashed because I think a lot of people had issues with the Force Unleashed and how like abusive the power the powers you have as a Jedi could be I feel like it's you know the combat's more difficult and more scaled back or not I, I feel like your the OP-ness of your character is scaled back in this game but yet it still manages to make you powerful so I, I feel like there's a better balance in this game than there have been in, in past games so but yeah I, I, I overall I really like the game I think that uh, one of the things that kind of the, the planets, like when you go on each planet, I, I find myself getting a little bit tired of each planet because you go for so long. Like there's so much gameplay on each planet and there's only like six planets, I believe, that you go to. So you you go to a planet 
and then eventually you'll come back to it. I feel like they could have added a few more planets just for more, you know, Star Wars outer space flair, you know, to help from, you know, being on a planet for like three hours and be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I've been here for a long time. I'm kind of getting a little tired of this. So, but, you know, overall, a really fun game, uh, light, great lights. Basically, the two things they had to do, they succeeded very well in, and that's you got to get the lightsaber gameplay right, and you got to get the story and the characters right, and they did both of those. So, despite the fact that they kind of take me out of the experience a little bit with the, the Tomb Raiding stuff, I definitely think it's a good game, and it, you know, Star Wars fans I think would really like it. And uh, yeah, oh, oh, and you get to pick your lightsaber color. You know, they they do this whole thing about you know, there's this whole spiel about oh, a li- you know, you don't pick the lightsaber crystal, the picture p- crystal picks you, and then. You know, you in the end, you get to pick your own lightsaber color, which to me seems like you should, you shouldn't get to pick your own lightsaber color. Well, wait, do they they pick their lightsaber colors in the movies, right? Mace Windu picked no. purple. They don't. No. Okay. Well, Sam Jackson then is the one who picked purple for Mace Windu. So, um, yeah, which makes sense because he's like kind of in between the the good and the bad. He's in between the force and the dark side, at, with his powers. So you know, dark side red lightsaber, light side. You know, green and blue, blue and red, purple. Makes sense. But, you know, they, they go on this whole spiel about, hey, you know, the lightsaber crystal d- picks you, not the Jedi the other way around, and then you get to pick your lightsaber color, which I get. You know, if, so if, you, if you're if you a Jedi and you don't get to pick your own lightsaber crystal in this game, or the color of it, kind of kind of kind of suck. So I get why that, I get why they did. It's just kind of funny to hear that line and then see how it plays out. But, uh, yeah, you get to pick your lightsaber color, and uh, I end up picking purple after playing through most of the game with orange, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm emulating my favorite Jedi, Mace Windu, and uh, just going around kicking Stormtrooper ass. But yes, in general, great story, great characters, fun lightsaber combat, a few things that hold it back, but still a really, not a competent Star Wars game, but a, a good Star Wars game. Alright, let's... Did I, did I rant on. enough for you, Tricky? Are you gonna fall asleep there? Nice. Like, a little bit too much. <laughs> Look, Daryl oh, and I are here to talk about games, games podcast. <laughs> Daryl and I are here to that? talk about games. You know... People, you know, have complained that we don't talk enough about, you know, trophies and stuff like that. We're, you know, we don't want to just do all the news and no chatter about the games we've been playing. We want to give people the inside information on games they might want to play. There you go. I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but you did this whole spiel last week, and now we just did it again this week. That's all. Hey, you know I brought what? up different points, sir. If you listen to last week's episode, I brought up different points last week. So I actually want to play Jedi Fallen Order now. Did you hear Daryl? Daryl wants to go back and play Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, yeah, but he's, gonna, he's not cool. gonna be doing it anytime soon. So you don't know. You're not the mer- you're not the master of Daryl. Sooner he now. He literally said five minutes ago before you started your spiel that he's not going back to it anytime soon. Well, that's and five minutes ago, spiel. and we're in this. We're in the now times. Yeah, that was the old stuff. Why are you bringing up old stuff, Daryl? I think right, he's saying well, you can't change your mind. That you're just that's what your he ways. says. I'll play it right now. Test me. Test him, right. Tricky. Say something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of tests, let's talk about the PlayStation 5 test, uh, the beta, which was go. released uh, in a uh, limited basis. Uh, I was fortunate to get a code, and I was able to share it with some of my friends. I reached out to a couple people who uh, see if they wanted it. A couple people wanted it. A couple people didn't want it. Daryl, you're one of the people that did take it. Have, did you get a chance to download it yet? I have not tried it yet. Uh, my plan is to try it tomorrow. I haven't. Been in front of my PS5 in a few days, and I'm in front of it right now. But I don't want to do a beta. You know, I don't want to do an OS update in the middle of a show. So, understood. All right. Well, this article is coming from IGN. is written by Logan Plant. Sony is beta testing some new customization features for the PlayStation 5 users based on the feedback from the players. The new software beta is kicking off, and it includes new party chat options, game base, 
uh, enhancements, accessibility, accessibility options, and UI features. As announced on the PlayStation blog, Sony detailed the first features coming to the console. First, they said there are new changes to the party system on the PS5. Players will now be able to start an open party, which allows all your friends can see and join, or a closed party exclusively for players you invite. PlayStation 4 players will also be able to control individual voice chat volume for every person in the party, which is already a feature on the PS5. I don't know why they said that. I think that was Dude, in reverse. That's crucial, though. Yeah. Uh, Sony is making changes to the game base, which the PlayStation 5 menu is where you set up parties, invite friends, and see messages. Now it will be divided into three menu tabs, friends, parties, and messages. PlayStation says this should give players faster access to find what they're looking for. As for UI features, you'll be able to sort out your game collection by genre. Previously sorting options were limited to alphabetical and recently played games. There's also an option to keep up to five games and apps locked to your home screen. That is crucial. So they don't get pushed off the page if you haven't opened them recently. Another big change is a new voice command feature that's getting a limited test release in the U.S. and U.K., with this, you can open games, apps, and settings using the built-in microphone on the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller. Players will be able to launch command by saying, Hey, PlayStation, much like how you start a voice command on your iPhone or Google Home. You can also turn off the voice command feature in any time in the system settings. So, I have downloaded it. I haven't really messed with it so much, uh, so I can't really uh, speak to it right now, but I just want to let you guys know that this beta is out. I have it. Daryl has it, and a couple of my friends have it, and we will be uh, talking about it on the next episode about all the different features that are going to be coming to the PlayStation UI. Yeah, I was yeah, so yeah. excited about this beta that I completely forgot you offered me a spot, Tricky. <laughs> <laughs> and you turned it down. I didn't turn it down. I just forgot. I said I'd get back to you, and I, uh, well, well I, dude, well, I, I am cutting down the Empire with a lightsaber. How much time do you have? I th- How much time do you think I have to devote to a beta? That's right. Uh, well, you can just download it in the background and keep moving on. Uh, speaking of moving on, Rockstar has finally moved on from GTA 5 and has confirmed GTA 6 is in development. There you go. Uh, so I know that's going to do Daryl. Uh, in a press release, Rockstar spokesperson wrote, quote, With the unprecedented longevity of PlayStation 5, we know many of you have been asking us about the new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With Every new project we embark on, our goal is to significantly move beyond what we previously delivered, and we are pleased to confirm the active development for the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway. We look forward to sharing as more soon as it is ready. Please stay tuned to Rockstar Newswire for official details. On behalf of the entire team, we thank you for all your support and cannot wait to step up to you in the future. So, you know, there you go. Even if, even if Microsoft went ahead and bought Take-Two, it wouldn't matter because because PlayStation owners would still get Grand Theft Auto 6 and we wouldn't see Grand Theft Auto 7 until 2060. So, yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I, uh, <clears throat> I'm i back in the Grand Theft Auto swing. I think that uh, I want to play back through GTA 5 this year. So, um, I'm, I'm ready. All right. Are you ready for Horizon Zero Dawn? Uh, selling over 20 million copies across the PlayStation 4 and PC. Very nice. That That is an impressive number. In a tweet by Herman Hulse, WoW Horizon Zero Dawn has officially sold over 20 million copies around the world across PS4 and PC. What an incredible achieve, achievement, a gorilla, and a big thank you to our usually supportive fans. Uh, speaking of Horizon, 
Can uh, I, if anybody's... Can I, can I comment on that? Are you trying to move on to the next? Well, this is related, so... You can come back to it. Uh, if anybody that's playing Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut has a new quest inspired by Horizon Forbidden West that grants players an outfit inspired by the game's protagonist, Aloy. Developer Sucker Punch released a patch on the game on February 8th that includes a brand new quest where players may save, solve a puzzle to, in the north of the island to earn an Aloy-inspired surprise. I actually found this without even trying uh, before I even knew about this. But, Alex, the floor is yours, sir. No, I just want to say that, you know, people, I don't think, praise Gorilla enough because, you know, they went from Killzone, which is, it was a good shooter franchise, but it wasn't really going anywhere. And then they come on with Horizon, and it's like one of Sony's biggest video game series. Like, it's massive. So, and, you know, obviously they're coming out with Horizon Call of the Mountain, so they're even putting, you know, the power behind a Horizon VR game that doesn't star Aloy. You know, she's in it, but she's not the protagonist. So, yeah, I mean... I, I just think that they deserve a ton of credit. You know, even even with Herman Hulse leaving the studio and going to be president of Worldwide Studios, they've done amazing work, and I, I can't wait to play Forbidden West. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Heck yeah, dude. I, I second that, man. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was just such a fantastic experience. Um, <clears throat> I can't wait to play Forbidden West. I'm gonna wait though. We're not playing it, you know, next week when it comes out. We're gonna. I'm gonna buy the. I'm gonna buy the digital deluxe version, and that way I get the PS4 version and the PS5. So that uh, since I'm you know account sharing or you know game sharing with my son, he can have one. He can have access to it as well. Uh, I know he'll be playing it, but I, I can't. I know that's two two huge games between Dying Light two and and Horizon. So I think I'm going to wait until after my exams in March to dig into Horizon. Yeah, you're going to need a big chunk of time to devote to this game, I have a feeling. And oh, like yeah. the first game, you know, they drew you in because it's like, okay, you get to fight these machines. Okay, that looks super cool. But then, like, you you know, you get into the world and it's like, okay, there's a ton of stuff to explore. Game looks great. I really like Aloy as a character. Combat's fun. And then you get to later in the game, it's like, oh, oh, the story okay, we're going here. This is, we're, we're getting pretty deep in the well here and this is far deeper yeah. than I thought we would go. This, this is damn good. So yeah, I mean, the story is like what I really think solidifies that game as good as, as good as the gameplay is. The story is kind of what puts it over the top as like a genre and like console defining game. So I, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, definitely, definitely, I'm, uh, if you couldn't tell already, I've been talking about it for a long, long time. But yeah, I, I want to <laughs> yeah. get out there and I want to take down some Slitherfangs. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably run All away right. from them and you know hit and run. But good God, I want to take one down. It's also worth noting that this update also includes a uh, update to the new difficulty for Ghost of Tsushima Survival Mode, a block button to avoid certain matchmakers, and fixes for the game's stuttering issues. So. Uh, moving on to our next topic, uh, we talked about what uh, games were coming from. Oh, why did I just forget their name? Oh my God, what the hell? Who who, who made a uh... Sony Ben? There you go. Uh, let me start this again. Ooh, huh? Just clicked on the link. Uh, we've been talking about how what's going on with uh, Sony Ben after Days Gone Two was uh, basically shot down in uh, pre thoughts. Uh, we have an article coming from IGN. It's written by Ryan Leston. 
Apparently, the director of Days Gone, Jeff Ross, wanted to make an Uncharted prequel. During an interview with Sacred Symbols, uh, Ross explained that the Uncharted prequel would have been all about, quote, Victor Sullivan at the age of 25 in a very stylized world where it would be around 1976. I think is where we figured out his age might be. I explained, uh, Sonny Ben was at one point reportedly working on a new Uncharted game, and while May thought it was likely an Uncharted sequel, it could be that this was actually Jeff Ross's young Sully prequel. It's certainly an interesting concept. Quote, he busted out of the Navy for reasons, and I thought seeing him young and trying to figure out his way in the world from going to try to be a soldier to, you know, a military man, and now I'm just on the streets and I'm going to be a hustler, end quote. After Sony failed to greenlight Days Gone 2, the director wanted to work on something new and began putting together ideas for the unmade Uncharted game. And given the upcoming Uncharted movie features a far younger Sully than we've seen in the games, it would have been a nice touch to see the iconic adventure get his own globe-trotting game. No. So, what, we, what do you guys think a, a an Uncharted game featuring uh, Sully, uh, not even a young Sully, but just a, a Sully in itself? I, I see him as a sidekick, and he's really good at that. I don't necessarily know if I want to play a a game with him as the protagonist. And we already have an Uncharted prequel in Uncharted Golden Abyss. I mean, I guess we that doesn't prevent us from having another one, but, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a series that they've dug really deep on, and maybe it's best to kind of step away from that and, you know, maybe wait to bring up Uncharted later on down the line. But just having another Uncharted game and another prequel just, I don't know. I don't think that I personally would be able to enjoy a game I, I don't know like just just by say like sounding out like or just saying like you know he leaves the military you know he's hustling on the streets i mean that doesn't sound like a very exciting game at all like in just in concept like i understand you're gonna get in some trouble and sullivan was you know had a penchant for getting in trouble and, and getting in you know in bad with the wrong people but it just didn't seem like the in concept and just sully as the protagonist just doesn't entice me as much as you know, that my love for Uncharted might, you know, suggest it would. I, I mean, the article did go on to say that uh, because of Sully being, you know, essentially the sidekick, sidekick uh, the game wouldn't feature as many shootouts, and he didn't, uh, they really didn't want an Uncharted game where there was basically no uh, gunplay at all. No, I think that's a good call. Daryl, how do you feel about a, a Sully game? You know, um, I'm at this weird place now where I, I start to look at characters and I'm like, how many crazy things can happen in your life to where before you become so traumatized, you can't function, you know? And every game has to escalate like the stakes, you know? It's like, oh, bigger and bigger and bigger. And and you know, it's like you look at these guys and, and these characters and it's like, realistically, how many times can they be at the, the, at the in these fallen buildings and they be in these like crazy near-death situations before it's like unbelievable? I know they're video games, but it's just like, I don't know. And then when you go back and you tell a prequel, I, I'm, never, I'm never big. I don't know of any prequels I've really loved. Like Star even Wars. the res, even well, I mean technically, but I mean, well, no, actually, no. I hated the prequels. No, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. Like I just, I don't know. I don't know about Sully being a, um, uh, a, the mainstay. I don't know about, uh, you know, another Uncharted prequel. I, I, I don't know. 
Like, don't get me wrong. I want more Uncharted. I love Uncharted, you know, and I actually like Chloe a lot. So I, um, I would be down for another Chloe story, you know? A Lost Legacy I mean, too. I mean, yeah, I just, I couldn't stand Nadine. Again, I haven't finished the game. And now that there's a PS5 upgrade, I want to go and play it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, but then again, you know, on for at, at on at first glance, you know, a Sully story might not be what I want. But when they said the seventies, I don't know. That might be pretty cool. You know, maybe a little more of a noir kind of take on things. I don't know. Maybe it would be good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know that exploration is huge in Uncharted, but I just don't know. Without as much gunplay, I just don't know how much there would be, like how much substance there would be to the the actual gameplay to draw people in and have them actually want to play like a, a 15 hour game, you know, to see the end of it. Right. Also, the reason that Sony Ben probably pitched an uncharted prequel is because they were actually the studio that developed uncharted golden Mist, So they did the uncharted prequel uh, previously. Yeah. Can, can we talk about the, uh, the collections trophy list for a second? You mean how there's sure. one platinum for two games? Yeah. And you basically have to plat you, you basically have to get the platinum in, Lost Legacy to get the platinum in Uncharted Four for the collection because there's you have to get all the trophies which all, all the Lost Legacy trophies are treated as DLC so they don't go towards the platinum but they do because there's a trophy in the main list that you need for the platinum in which you have to get all the trophies in Lost Legacy to pop that trophy so you get all the trophies in Lost Legacy then it pops a trophy on the main list which then allows you to get the platinum in the main game which I that's such bullshit. It sounds kind of whack, but you know what? Anything associated with Naughty Dog and a trophy list is usually pretty trash, if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean they yeah. they did. I mean they did include multiplayer trophies in some of the Uncharted games. You know, in the Uncharted games when they introduced multiplayer, but they also made the trophies pretty easily attainable. You know, it's not like I don't know if you all remember Resistance back in the day, but getting you know those trophies and that platinum trophy that was fucking awful because of how much you had to play online. Yeah, I didn't get those platinums. But I didn't. I don't either. Have, I, I, but I don't know. I got resistance three and two. I didn't get one though. One was the one that had the the obnoxious multiplayer on drop in trophies. Did they did they ever release a version of, of part one with trophies? Of I resistance one. Hold on, I thought they did. Because I I remember the original game did not have trophies, and then they but I thought they put a collection out later. I don't know if they retroactively added trophies then. Because if that's the case, I'll go back and play the first one again and get the trophies. Or get as many as I feel like getting, you know. All right, while you're looking up that up, Alex, let's talk about another game that generally has easy trophies. And that was The Wolf Among Us. Uh, the Wolf Among Us 2 has basically been announced. This is coming from IGN. is written by Matt Kim. Uh, it was announced that the game is coming out. Uh, let's see. I just lost my part in the article here. The Wolf Among Us 2 is a sequel to the 2013's narrative adventure game by Telltale Games. The sequel was formally announced in 2017, but Telltale Games closed in 2018, effectively canceling the project. However, LCG Entertainment revived the Telltale Games and acquired the rights to pave the ways for the Among uh, oh, like the Wolf Among Us, paving the way for a sequel. The sequel was re-announced in 2019 at the Game Awards and will pick up the events after the first game. Adam Harrington and Aaron Yvette are set to reprise their roles as Bigsby Wolf and Snow White, re respectively. Uh, if you don't know what the Wolf Among Us is, it's a 
The Wolf Among Us is based on the comic series Fables, which reimagines classic fairy tale characters who now live in gritty Fable Town. While these characters are aware of their previous lives as fairy tale characters, they must now scrape on by the hard streets of a more modern and realistic world. Big B is the version of the Big Bad Wolf, while Snow White and is, of course, the heroine of her own story. I'm really, really excited about this. We have some yes. more news. We have more news about the Wolf Among Us, and that it still will be released episodically. But they have said it will be developed like a sequel game, and all five parts will be done before the first part is released. Okay. I mean, that's how it always should have been. I don't know that I trust them, but, you know. I don't know. Do you think that they're, in releasing the games episodically... Yes, there are people who really love Wolf Among Us. Ashley commented that she wants to play it first before I can even play it, uh, which, but I, which, you know, hey, fine. You, She's actually the one who bought me the PlayStation 5, so if she wants to play Wolf Among Us 2 first, that's, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I will not be anywhere near her because I don't want to see any story choices or hear anything or get any spoilers, but, uh, but that is fine. So do you not run the risk of losing the attention of your audience by releasing one episode at one point and then later on down the road? And we're not talking like six months. I'm assuming within a month or two, they're probably going to release the next episode, but wouldn't it be better to give everyone all of the episodes so they can play through them and then move on to the next game instead of maybe getting through the first episode and then moving on to something else. And then you release episode two and they're like, okay, well, you know, I'm playing this now, but I'm going to go back to that later. And then it takes you what, six months or you never come back to it. Right. Yeah. So I think it would be better to release everything at once and let people just burn through it. But I do want to play it see, because it was really good. I still see, think I, Tales from the Borderlands is the best Telltale game, but Wolf Among Us is second. I, I think by releasing episodically and sporadically like they do, I, I think it keeps the interest in the game. I mean, I, I know what you just said, Alex, and I, I kind of get your point too. But I think that if you release one episode a month for five months, I think it keeps the, the interest in the game. And allows people to, you know, take a break from playing the story and, you know, like you said, come back and get uh, reimagined into the world. And I think that brings back hype. Because the way I look at the Telltale games, I've always looked at them in this way. is like episode one is the main game and then we're getting four episodes of DLC. And that that's, to me, I, I it always garnered interest. I mean, it, all, it was also announced during the stream. That, like I said, Telltale was developing the entire five-episode season simultaneously and will release it with a tighter cadence given uh, than the original game. Exact timings weren't given, but we know the game is starting to come out in 2023. Uh, the original incar incarnation of the Telltale developed many of its episodic games chapter by chapter, occasionally leading to long delays when development problems arose. So... They said the Wolf Among Us developed by a fresh team under the Telltale banner will not be following suit. So that's good. I, so I just, I don't want, it's like what Disney does, like with the Mandalorian and their other series, they'll release one episode and then the next week another one will come out. I like the Netflix style of things where they just dump all the episodes on there and you can watch them. You know, we were watching yeah. Yellow Jackets and uh, Dexter on Showtime and they do that thing where they'll release one episode a week and then you got to wait till the next week. If I have the time, I want to sit through that show and I want to pay. I don't. I don't want to have to wait for more episodes. I want to just be able to watch it then. So, I. I this the, the episodic thing. It's kind of cool. It's a. It's a very different delivery schedule. 
I just wish they would dump them all at once because I just want to play. I don't need, if I like the game, I don't need you to build up my hype a month later by releasing another episode. My hype is sustained by playing through the game itself. Yeah. All right, well, uh, you, I'm sorry, Doug. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, the only game that did episodic right, in my opinion, was Resident Evil Revelations 2. And that was because the game came out and it was like every Friday for four weeks, you know? Which I don't like because, you know, I personally want to just knock out the game, you know, like 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 Alex was saying, like I I, I never liked the episodic thing. Now, granted, sure, it does give you that water cooler kind of moment where it's like, oh, everyone's talking about it because episode two came out today. If it's like, if it's good, if it's bad, it's just like, oh, well, I don't have to finish this now. So like. I think realistically, there's more opportunity for you to hurt your sales than help them. If your game's not good, or like Alex said, if like people have time to forget, you know, like guys like me who play 15 games at one time and get super, you know, like I get others games I absolutely adore that I started and never finished because I played a different game, you know, and so I I think that like. You know, release it all at once. Give people a chance to get into it and be done with it. That's See, just I, and uh, to just to you know play devil's advocate to what Alice was saying about releasing everything you know the way Netflix does or Disney Plus does. You can't it, Disney Plus. I, I can understand why they release it one episode at a time because no matter what, if you want to watch all the episodes, you just you have to s- still stay subscribed past a month. Where Netflix, I can go on say pay one month watch everything I want to watch in one month and then not renew my subscription where Disney plus is constantly putting out shows every week. I mean, we had the Mandalorian, we had Hawkeye, we had all the, you know, uh, the Falcon and the winter soldier. They release back to back to back every week and it kind of leads into things. And now, you know, we're getting the Obi-Wan series and stuff like that where this, I mean, granted with the telltale games, I normally wait until episode five was released and then played all five episodes in one shot, which kind of, completely contradicts what I just said and kind of said, you know, agrees with what Alex says. But I think the hype is always there. And I think by spreading it out, it it allows you to stay engaged and keep coming back to it. So it keeps telltale in your mind where I think if you did all five episodes of one shot, which, you know, traditionally took you about 10, 11 hours to do. Once you put that game down, like Daryl does, he moves on and forgets about Telltale, where this keeps Telltale in your mind going, oh, shit, when's the next episode releasing? I have to get back to that. So I I, I think it, I like the episodic, but I can understand the, the counter-argument to it as well. Uh, I do want to go back to the Resistance talk, because I did find out. Resistance Fall Man does not have trophies. It was Resistance 2 that had the annoying online trophies. So I got the games mixed up. It was, on, it was Resistance 2 that had the trophies. All right. Uh, now, I put this topic in directly for Daryl because I know he's a big fan of these games. Uh, we're speaking about Episodic. Uh, Supermassive has done super, uh, Episodic with their Dark Pictures Anthology games. And according from IGN and is written by Ryan Dins- Dinsdale, Supermassive Games has seemingly has plans to release six more Dark Pictures Anthology games on top of the upcoming Devil in Me. The developer has trademarked six further titles in the franchise with the European Union Intellect Property Office as spotted on Twitter. 
The six games trademarked all under the Dark Pictures Anthology brand are called Switchback, Directive 8020, The Craven Man, Intercession, Winterfold, and O-Death. Supermassive Games has already released three games in the series, Man of Medan, Little Hope, and House of Ashes, and has confirmed a fourth title on the way. The upcoming game, The Devil and Me, was announced in the studio in October and revealed to be season one finale for the series. Uh, now, Dell, you can, you can correct me, but there was originally eight games. Originally uh, it was eight, yeah. And so this is going to bring us to a total of ten now, right? If I read this uh, right. Yeah, nine or ten. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I keep hearing, I, I saw they posted that graphic, which added an extra game. Um, <clears throat> but then it's like you have, they only have three out. Yeah, so yeah, six more. So that's nine games total. So. Well, no, they said on top of the one that's being released. Uh, if I uh, actually, you know what, I could have just kept reading the article. It says, if all the trademark games are released, however, this would bring the total up to 10 games, two more than the developer initially planned. Gotcha, just, gotcha, yeah. There's no guarantee Supermassive Games will develop all of the trademark titles into full games, but it's likely some of them will be in the initially planned eight-game release schedule. So Yeah, that's crazy. But, dude, those games are great, man. Like, uh, Man of a Dan was probably the weakest of the three they've released so far, and I liked it a lot. Um, the stories are good. They... They added like co-op to them. They're you know these things are very much uh, built for streamers as well. So like you, these are choice-based games like Until Dawn, but you can like they they have a mode in there, streamer mode, where you can pause the decision making and let your audience vote on it. And they have co-op. So like when other characters are doing you know certain certain things. You can control a character, and you have absolutely no clue what the other person's picking or doing, and it's awesome, man. I've played with some of the people in our community, and it's it's they're they're extraordinarily cool games. Now, granted, none like so far out of the three I've played, none of them have been as polished and as good as Until Dawn, but these are smaller games, and they're coming out with them more frequently, and uh, so I feel like you know there there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of room with that, you know, a little bit of forgiveness there. These are not quite as big a budget titles, but you're getting more of them. And they're covering different, you know, horror styles, horror genres. Uh, the first one was a ghost ship. The second one was like the uh, the, the Salem Witch Trials. And then the third one, um, I'm playing it now. And it's uh, it takes it seems somewhat, uh, I won't say Egyptian, like mythology horror, but like there's definitely some influence there. But there's like, it takes place during the uh, war in Iraq, and there is a lot of mystical um, kind of things going on. It's, it's, they're all very cool. The premises are awesome. Daryl, let me now, ask you. Let me ask you. Oh, okay. Go, get out. Go I was going to say, did you ever play The Inpatient? Because that was the game that kind of followed, a uh, supermassive game that was following up until dawn. And I was watching, I had forgotten about it for a while, I was really excited about it, and I had forgotten about it once it had come out, but I was watching a countdown of, like, the worst PlayStation games of the last 20 years for every year, and The Inpatient was named as one of those games, and I was like, man, was that game really that bad? Because I was, I was excited about it, and, you know, Until Dawn was great, and, you know, as you say, like, the work they've done with the, oh, the Dark Pictures Anthology, you know, they've done some solid work there, but just, did, have you ever played in, The Inpatient? I own it and I've never I've never unwrapped it. <laughs> it's still in the wrapper. Okay. Um I want to play it, I just haven't yet. I I, I do have it. I played uh, about 2 hours of it. 
and then I put my VR up uh, because I was moving my studio around. I just haven't pulled the VR back out. Uh, it's definitely a game I want to get back to, though. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Daryl, let me ask you: the supermassive games, the Dark Pictures Anthology, do they? I mean, I, I know they have the curator, which is what links all the stories together. But it, does the second game kind of read off the, the save file of the first game at all, or no? No, uh, they're they're different. The curator is the only thing that's the same through them, and um, certain actors and actresses have kind of repri like, like reprised different roles. You know, so like, like there's certain characters that are like, oh, this person is in this game and is a different person in this other game. So you can tell that some of these people signed on for multiple games. Um, but no, they don't. They're they're completely separate. All right. The reason I asked is because I bought the uh, I bought the collection, which had the, the first three games. Yeah. And I noticed that the first two games were PS4 versions where the third game. I got a PS4 and a PS5 version. So I didn't know if I could. You know, if I if I once I got to the third game, if I had to play the PlayStation Four version to keep the story going, no, uh -uh. nope. You can play anyone you want. The cool thing is with the PS Four and PS Five versions, you get two trophy lists. So, uh, but the, you have to play through the game so many times. Like I think it's like a minimum of eight playthroughs. For each and game. one of those, yeah, for each game, and and and, and um, some of the playthroughs. Uh, now I mean, I mean there might be ways to like you know kind of save scum it a little bit, you know. Okay, but uh, but but I know for some of the, uh, I, th I know the oh man, Madan, you need to play it with a par a partner, yeah, you know, for one of the trophies. So. Yeah, I actually bought that game and I looked at the trophy list. And granted, soon after I bought it, I got the PlayStation Five, so you know, there was reason for me to jump ship and go play that. But yeah, I, I saw the trophy list and I was very I was less enthused about playing that game. All right. Let's move on to our topics of the week. Um, now, Alex, I'm, I have to say I'm very disappointed in you. Well, what's new? Last week, Same story, well, different last day. Week, last week, during the edit, you didn't put in the sound. Time to check my social media. Yeah. Tricky, I don't have that. It's in the Dropbox. Well, how, how am I supposed to know that? You didn't name it. By anything it's, that I would know that would signify that that is the name for that file. It's labeled social media. Hmm. We'll see about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I and I told you two months ago I put it in. There I'm gonna go change the name in the and, Dropbox now. I know you are. Uh, unfortunately, I played that sound, but we do ha don't have any listener questions. With Microsoft, a uh, 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 try is is in the process of acquiring Activision Blizzard. Uh, in a story coming from IGN and is written by Joe Scribbles, which is a made-up name, uh, Microsoft has confirmed that Activision Blizzard will release games on PlayStation, quote, beyond existing agreements. Microsoft has confirmed that Call of Duty and other popular Activision, Activision Blizzard titles will not just be released on PlayStation to honor existing contracts, but beyond the existing agreement and into the future. In a piece published to explain how the company will adapt to gain regulatory approval for its Activision Blizzard takeover, President Brad Smith addressed concerns that the public games will no longer be will no longer be available on competing consoles. Quote: To be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other Activision Blizzard titles available on the PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision. 
We have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love, end quote. Previous reports have indicated that the next three Call of Duty games would come to PlayStation, but not indicated beyond that. Smith added that Microsoft would be looking to assure the, na- the same for Activision Blizzard games on Nintendo consoles. Quote, we are also interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform. We believe this is the right thing for the industry and for gamers and our business. End quote. There are caveats here, of course. Smith does not commit to all traditionally multi-platform Activision games coming to PlayStation and Nintendo, nor does he commit to the agreement existing in perpetuity. This is to say nothing of the brand new games developed by Activision Blizzard after TakeOver takes place. Smith's post also goes on to announce changes that commitments to the Microsoft Store. In line with showing regulators that the company is encouraging rather than stifling competition in the game and the tech space, Smith points to access, fairness, and openness in Microsoft's App Store plans, including allowing developers to use their own payment systems rather than use Microsoft's own. Quote, too much friction exists today between the creators and gamers. App Store policies and practices on mobile devices restrict what and how creators can offer games and what and what and how gamers can play them. Our large investment to acquire Activism Blizzard further strengthens our resolve to remove this friction on behalf of the creators and gamers alike. We want to enable world-class content to reach every gamer more easily across every platform. Uh, that's an end quote. It says, while FTC and Justice Department investigations will take place for some time before the Activision Blizzard takeover is complete, legal experts and Microsoft CEO seemingly don't see the deal being blocked. Yeah, I, I read an article where they have some like former government officials and like FTC representatives, like people who formerly worked for the Federal Trade Commission, working for Microsoft now. So, I mean, I don't really think this deal I- is in danger at all. I, I, I want to say this because I wasn't here last week where you guys kind of went into this a little bit with uh, Sony buying uh, Bungie. I, maybe this is going to be a hot take, but I don't see the point of spending that kind of money on a, a developer, whether it be Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard or Sony buying Bungie, where they don't keep their games exclusive. Because maybe somebody can explain to me. Why would you spend that kind of money and not have some kind of exclusivity over the games? That doesn't make sense to me because you're going to get the games anyway. Well, I mean, there are other ways that you can make a game more attractive on your console. Like, again, Microsoft could make all of the Activision Blizzard games available on the PlayStation, but you got to pay 70 bucks for them. Whereas they could say, or you could buy a uh, an Xbox or play on PC and get Game Pass and play them for 15 bucks a month. Right, so, my, but oh, hold on, Sarah. I just want to make you good. I, Alex, I get what you're saying, but in that same aspect, why not work out a deal where you could get Activision Blizzard, you could get Call of Duty free on Game Pass. You don't have to spend billions of dollars to get the game to buy the developer when you could just broker a deal to make sure their games come free on Game Pass. That makes it more attractive, and you're not spending nearly as much money. Well, I, so all, I've been listening to this guy named Rick Hogue. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He does um, uh, virtual legality on YouTube, and he, he guests on a lot of different podcasts and does like – from you know, he brokers a lot of big deals between companies. And, and his big point, and I, I, I tend to agree with him, 
is that these big acquisitions are happening because they're purchasing them for their streaming services. Um, you know, with with Xbox purchasing, you know, Activision, you could spend a hundred, hundred fifty million dollars per game per deal for a limited amount of time, right? Or you can purchase the entire company, and now every game that they make goes straight to Game Pass. Sony can't leak, can't block that because you know Sony's notorious for for their contracts ongoing right now to block games from going to Game Pass. Um, and then you know now you make thirty percent, you know, or seventy percent, whatever it is, uh, yeah, seventy percent for every copy sold on PlayStation, you know. So um, and 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 vice versa with the Bungie thing, you know, like with with PlayStation queuing up Spartacus, you know, Bungie was a bargaining tool. Bungie is like, hey, you play fair, we'll play fair. Um, you know, now we own Bungie. Sure, you know, we don't. Bungie's not. I mean, uh, Destiny's not exclusive. But what you know, Destiny is now ours, so we make seventy percent, you know, per sale on all DLC and expansions, you know. And when we offer Spartacus, it'll be, you know, whatever the new Game Pass model is for for PlayStation, it's going to be, hey, uh, you can play Destiny for free or with your membership on our platform, whereas you're going to be able to play Call of Duty for free with your membership on Xbox platform. So these are these big deals right here are all I believe they're all bargaining tools and it's all, you know, we need something on our streaming platform. Sure you can buy it on either either platform, but uh I tend to uh, to agree that these big purchases um these are not this isn't like your typical, you know, exclusivity. This is, you know, to push subscription services. And well let me ask you a question Daryl, did he say anything on these podcasts about like keeping things multi-platform as a way to get around antitrust laws so that they are still making revenue off the game sold and off the IP, but they just don't get, they, they can say that, well, Hey, we're keeping these available on other consoles so other people can play them. Yeah. So it's not like an issue with monopoly. Right. Yeah. And, and I think they have to acquire a few more big, big publishers before they're really in any danger, but like Xbox is on the radar now, you know? Like Xbox, Xbox, with them purchasing, you know, uh, Bethesda, you know, Zenimax and Bethesda, and then purchasing Activision, Blizzard King, like that's like now they're on the antitrust radar, you know. But even then, there's still so many other big players out there. But like, but like you're saying, leaving it, you know, multi-platform, you know, they're gonna have their cake and eat it too. Now they don't have to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to get them on their on 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 game pass and you know, the number one game every year sold on PlayStation is call of duty. So Xbox is going to make money, you know, uh, you know, off of the PlayStation sales and then they'll have it, you know, you can buy it over there for 70 bucks or you can play it over here for free with game pass. Yeah. And a couple more things, tricky. I mean, you know, Bungie specifically, I think, was a play for for Sony in part for the PC market because we know that they're trying to get more into that. And, you know, we had a stat where, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn on the PC and PS4 has sold over 20 million copies. I think last time we read sales numbers for Horizon, it was on the PS4, it was just over 10 million. So, you know, I, 10, it's probably not 10 million on PC alone. A lot of the most of that's probably on P, PS4, but there's no doubt that the PC sales are helping Sony. Right. So, absolutely. I mean, that that it's all part of, and Yield and I talked about this last week where I brought up, you know, like, 
are we with Game Pass? Did we see an, an implementation of a Netflix style service on video game consoles that now that these game it's not just about having a game exclusive to your console. They need to feed these live services where you know, okay, well maybe you can play this on another console, but your best experience is here on our console. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, listen, I, also I, I, too. Um, now go ahead, Tricky. I was gonna say you 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 were saying like for just hypothetical, and I I know these numbers are probably askew a little bit, but you 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 made the remark that this guy said and says paying one hundred fifty dollars for exclusive rights for the game for a limited time. It, it's uh, Microsoft paid nearly sixty nine billion with a B for the for the rights to all these games, even if they had to pay a billion dollars a year. You're still talking 69 years before they recoup the money for these games. So it, to me, I mean, like I hear everything you're saying, and it makes sense. But to me, it does not make sense for you to spend that kind of money to, to and not make the games exclusive because you have to. You, yes, the streaming rights is a, is an issue. Not not even an issue. That's the wrong word. The stream it, that's a strong market, and you have to go after that. And I get that, but. I don't see why you would spend billions of dollars on a developer and then ter- not make the games exclusive. Look, it, it it doesn't make sense to me. Well, I think I think Daryl had a point that he wanted to say, and then then I'll I'll uh, yeah. go to Daryl. But Daryl, what were you going to say before uh, you and Tricky? Well, no, I was. Gonna, I mean, just to kind of answer Tricky's question, I guess before I, I jump into anything else is is like you know they can you know real that's why Microsoft s- spent. You know, that $69 billion, and they still had almost that much left to play with. And they're not done, you know? So it's not, it's not, it's sure they have a plan. Obviously, their bean counters are working around the clock right now to figure out how they're going to get that back because rumor is this, these negotiations just started around November. You know, that this wasn't necessarily in the plan. Whereas PlayStation said they've been talking to Bungie for six months, you know? Um, but a lot of it is right now, man, talent. So like, you know, I was gonna say earlier is these big acquisitions aren't just about the, the IP that you see It's also the IP that they are cooking that you don't see. And from what I keep hearing on these other shows is that the talent is getting more and more expensive, especially through COVID. And uh, this was actually something they said on sacred symbols like last week or the week out week before was that talent is breaking up and going other places and buying these big studios. You're not just buying, you know, the IP and the rights and all that stuff, but you're buying the talent. And part of this money, you know, like the, the, the big numbers are, you know, a good chunk of that is retention bonuses per employee for a certain amount of time. And uh, from what I understand, the arms race isn't just about putting exclusives on the platforms, but the arms race is about, you know, acquiring the talent, the IP, and they're all building their streaming services. And again, from what I keep hearing from different you know shows, and like I said, this uh, Richard Ho guy, you know, a lot of it is uh, the rumor is Sony's gonna gonna fold more than just their games into their next subscription service. You know, they bought both of the big anime services, Funimation and Crunchyroll. Um, they own, you know, Sony obviously owns Sony Pictures. So the rumor is that they're gonna be you know doing a lot more with all that stuff, um, not just their games. So I don't I don't know, man. Obviously, 
obviously they're ready to go to war in this space and it's not you know us old school guys are gonna be like yeah i just want my uncharted my last of us exclusive but it seems like the next battle is uh is is going to be bigger than than what we're used to. Well, and, and to Daryl's well, point, like that article that we had from VentureBeat by Jeff Grubb, where you know he talked about Activision went to Microsoft about the buyout because they were constantly they their model was unsustainable because they were making these high end AAA games. They cost so much money to make, and the talent pool was drying up, and you had people going elsewhere, and there was such competition for high level talent in the video game industry. They just couldn't keep pumping out all these games you know, on their own without some help at a certain point. Like you think about how many, how much work goes into a call of duty game and it's just, it's, it's not sustainable. So you have that talent disseminated everywhere and it's becoming more and more expensive. So, you know, that, that right there kind of points to what Daryl was saying, but also, I mean, tricky, let me ask you. So say, and I've been on this, I've been beating this drum, but Sony for the love of God by Capcom. Yes, please. They, they would be, first of all, they would be a much cheaper and a better purchase than it purchase than something like Konami because Konami you're getting the IP you're not getting any talent because Konami didn't give a shit about their IP. But right. Capcom, all you have to do, all you have to do, keep everything else multi-platform. Put you know maybe introduce I know I said keep Street Fighter exclusive but you know you don't even have to do that like make Street Fighter available everywhere run run Evo make it crossplay everywhere on every console make Monster Hunter available everywhere. All you got to do is keep like Resident Evil exclusive, and that's enough. Well, make all the money well, off these other multi-platform games, and then keep Resident Evil exclusive to be that one crown jewel that brings people yep. to PlayStation, and that's all you need. See, uh, you guys bring up talent, and I, I again, I'm, I'm not trying to be hard-headed here, and I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, but I mean, you do one it of so the well, things though. Said, <laughs> one, one of the things Daryl said is that. You know, these studios are buying up the IPs and they're buying up the talent. There's no guarantee that the people that make Call of Duty or make World of Warcraft, as special as it is, are going to stay there. Because if if they're going to if they want to go out and branch out, Microsoft doesn't own, you know, they're like they, they don't own them and they can go out and move. So you're buying an IP. I mean, one of the things like we, we've had the, the conversation about Sony buying Konami and you know, bringing the Metal Gear Solid franchise and all that stuff, that that would be a great acquisition. But to me personally, like I'm not interested in the Metal Gear Solid series anymore because Kojima's not behind it. So, what's the point of buying an IP if you don't have the brainchild behind it? Like, so I, one of the things Jim Ryan said, <clears throat> it might it might have been uh, Herman Hulse, but either way, uh, with this Bungie deal as an example. Uh, that $1 billion out of the 3.6 is all in like, like it's millions of dollars per employee of bonus incentives to stay on for X amount of years. Um, even uh, Ted Price from from uh, uh, Insomniac, like when they bought Insomniac, they bought them for a quarter of a million dollars, but Insomniac isn't bringing over any IP, you know? Like they bought those well, studios... I but mean, they, they did get they did get uh, the rights to Sunset Overdrive, right? But like, I mean, that and what Fuse, you know? But but Sony already or already owned 
resistance and ratchet and things like that. That money was to buy the talent, right? And to buy them to, so you're going to work for us now. And in those contracts, part of that big number is uh, there's, there's percentages of that. It's like you will get X amount of millions of dollars per owner, the you know, shareholder, whatever, or per employee over the course of five, 10, whatever years it is. And if they leave, they just, they, they lose that money or they prorate that money. And that was one of the things that Rick Hogue was talking about was this like a lot of the cost is the talent, you know, you're buying the, the talent as well as the IP, but these studios that don't own their own IP, you know, what are you buying? You're buying their facility. Sure. You know, but you're buying their employees and, and their, the employees money is broken down over so many years or, or so many games that they have to put out. And that was the thing about the, you know, with Activision, a lot of that money is also, you know, buying, buying talent. So more so the, the, the Bungie deal was really, it was really broken down because they said it was like a billion dollars of that money is to keep the Bungie talent on board and for them to work with the other PlayStation studios. And I'm sure that so. giving them autonomy over there and allowing them to stay multi-platform is another thing that they threw out there to help incentivize people staying Right. And, you know, Sony's making all these deals with they're not buying out, you know, like Haven or Deviation, you know, or all these smaller studios. Firewalk is another one, but they're, they're making deals with these smaller studios to bring games to their platform exclusively. So they're not just buying up talent. I mean, I think there is a benefit to them buying Bungie. You know, that's you know why we talked about it so much last week is there's a lot of people asking, well, why is this? Why is this a good deal? Why would Sony do this? So I thought it was important to talk about that. But they're also, you know, hedging their bets and, you know, like bringing not not buying smaller studios, but making sure that their games are you know help them bring their games to the Sony platforms, and you know make sure that they're exclusive. So I mean, Sony's kind of diversifying everything, and I don't think they get really yeah. enough credit for that. Everyone's too focused. I mean, yes, Game Pass is a huge thing for Xbox, but I don't think people have given Sony enough credit for diversifying their studio portfolio as they have. Yeah, which means that they're planning something big, you know. I mean, Sony's doing un Sony like things. They've been very, you know, and, and that's one of the things that I personally love about them is that like Sony's like, we, we have exclusive games. We have the best games. You want to play them? You go here. Now, in the past year, Sony's purchased a, you know, a studio team that strictly ports PC games. You know, they've purchased a lot of the talent they've been working with over the years to do, you know, their, their remasters. You know, the Sony's, um, you know, they just picked up Bungie, and it's like one thing Sony doesn't have is a good FPS. Well, guess what they own now? They own Destiny. So, it, it you know, Sony's done a really good job of di- like like Alex said, diversifying. But like, they're putting themselves in a position to where they can make a power move, and or if you want to look at it, look at it like they're standing on their back foot because you know, you know, uh, Microsoft and Game Pass, and then just you know throwing so many haymakers this generation. It, it's a situation to where they're like, fine, you if 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 the new battle is going to be over a subscription service, then we're going to go for one of the most popular FPSs out there. Oh, you took Call of Duty off the board? Well, we'll take Destiny off the board. You know, and as long as you play nice, we'll sell it on your platform. But the minute you f around, and fi- you'll find out. And I think that. Oh shit! What was I going to say? Oh, I, I know. Got it. Lost it for a second. Got it. You know. I think that Sony sees how much money that Microsoft has to play with, 
And granted, Sony doesn't have nearly as much money to, to play with as Microsoft, but they see, you know, what they're willing to do with Activision, making the biggest acquisition in video games history, and probably we won't see anything that scale for a very, very long time unless the Nintendo execs finally say, fuck it, we'll sell to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but I would be shocked if Sony doesn't buy someone the size of Capcom or Square Enix to help bring them into the fold and get their streaming service going, their Game Pass alternative to get that really going because with what they've seen Microsoft do buying Zenimax and um, Activision Blizzard, Sony's executives are say, have got to say, okay, we need to do, we've got money to play with and we can afford some of these publishers. So if someone's willing to sell, we need to scoop somebody up to just to get, I mean, not necessarily just to keep it off of Game Pass, but just for the fact of we need more firepower behind our Game Pass. If you really don't want to sell Horizon Forbidden West, or you put Horizon Forbidden West day and date on a Game Pass style service, or you don't want to do that with Uncharted or Last of Us, then having more owned IP, and with Capcom, and you know with Square Enix too, what do they have? They're not like Konami that have these old revered IPs they're pissing on. They have IPs that we, people who have disposable income, adults, 30s, 40-somethings, have, we have money to spend on, and we grew up with these games, and they're still pumping out really good versions of Mega Man. You know, Resident Evil has seen a resurgence in recent years. So they have these games that people with disposable income grew up with, and there's loyalty there. So, I, I mean, I would just be shocked if Sony didn't buy one of those two publishers. I mean, it makes... It may, I mean, I've read articles, you know, talking about how, you know, it's not impossible for Microsoft to pull up a deal, you know, in Japan with a Japanese company, but it's far more likely that Sony's going to do that just because it's two Japanese companies. Right, right. Well, I think it's also worth noting that that Nintendo was just like, yeah, we're we're not doing this. We're not participating. Yeah, I mean, well, like, Nintendo. <laughs> the thing, Nintendo had their Nintendo Direct, and you know there was some cool stuff in there. Mario Strikers, I'm sure, will be fun. You know, more DLC for Mario Kart. You know, their DLC tracks for Mario Kart, which makes Mario Kart kind of a platform now instead of just another sequel, which is kind of cool. Right. I get it, and the price seemed fair, but my God, that that whole thing was largely disappointing. They are completely reliant. On Breath of the Wild too, like that. Wow, they Joe's not gonna be happy with you, huh? <laughs> what? Joe is not gonna be happy with you because he said that was the best direct he's ever seen. I mean, that's yeah, fine. That we great. can have different opinions. If Joe, there was stuff. I mean, I thought they had seen a played Chronicles three. They showed Splatoon three. So I just expected a bigger game. And right now, all like so much of the enthusiasm is around Breath of the Wild too, and I'm sure it'll be fantastic, and I'm sure people will love it, but. Nintendo saying no, we're not going to buy any. You kind of need to buy some people because you have a stop. You know, like, there is a like a direct like uh, like a um, in like a um, oh I'm trying to think of the how I'm trying to say this, but you're like there is a lack of of games coming out for your console. Last year I bought Mario Party Superstars, which I still haven't played yet, and I bought Pokemon New Pokemon Snap, and that was it. And, you know, they came out with, you know, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, the remakes, and they came out with Pokemon Legends Arceus, which I know people were loving. You know, they came out with that, you know, just a few weeks ago. But how reliant is Nintendo on Legend of Zelda? I would say dangerously. So should they go about go out and buy Platinum Games? Absolutely. They have the relationship with them. Should they go buy Sega? Why the fuck not? Sega's pretty cheap. Sega's like $4 billion, So why not buy Sega? I Somebody's going to buy Sega I don't know. Year. I just I'm think Nintendo, you know, even just, you know, Maybe some people might have found the Nintendo Direct to be really exciting, and that's fine. I, Joe was not the only person I saw that from. I, For me, it was disappointing, though, and I think that Nintendo saying, we don't need to buy anybody. Well, you need to do something, because I own your console, 
and I'm playing Animal Crossing more than anything on that console right now, and that's a game I play for maybe 15 minutes a day just to check the shop and, you know, try to fill up the museum with artwork, and that's all I'm doing on your console. So you need something. And it's also worth noting that Nintendo doesn't own Pokemon. They own the majority share. They, It is a joint venture with Game Freak, Nintendo, and Creatures, and Nintendo owns 51%. Last time I checked, they said they, uh, Nintendo does not own the rights to it. They, they, from what I understand, they own the majority of the, of the Pokemon company, which is a joint venture. And the reason that came about is because Game Freak, which makes the video games, Creatures makes some of them, but it's mainly Game Freak. Game Freak could not make the first Pokemon game without the help of Nintendo. If, if ni- I, I agree. Do you on- But do you honestly think that if Nintendo didn't own the majority share in that company, that, that they wouldn't take that elsewhere? That Sword and Shield told, sold like 25 million copies on Switch alone. Think about how much more they could sell if they put it on an Xbox, PC, and PlayStation. Nintendo I has agree. to be the one saying, no, you're not taking this anywhere else. Uh, I, all right. Let's move on to our last uh, topic here. Uh, Daryl, I put this in for you because uh, you, you suggested it. This article is coming from Push Square and is written by Sammy Barker. Uh, Distress and horror, Martyr is Dead, is going to be centered on the PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation 4. Publisher Wired Production has announced that potentially Distress and Horror game will release unedited on all other platforms like the Xbox and PC. But the company states that, quote, it is with great regret we had to modify the experience on Sony's consoles with some elements not no longer playable, end quote. Uh, now, this is coming from Wired Productions, and I'm trying... The, the picture's a little uh, small, so I'm going to try to read this as fast as I can. Uh, this is coming from the Wired Productions Twitter page. Uh, Martha is Dead is narratively a venture recommended for adult audiences only, with play consistent of potentially discomforting scenes and themes that may distress some players. Both Wired Productions and LKA have always been open and honest about Martha's Dead content, with the sensitive depictions in play consistently communicated in the media since the game was announced in 2019. This content is also flagged clearly and repeatedly within the game itself before play begins. It is with regret that we have had to modify the experience on the PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation 4 versions, with some elements no longer playable. After over four years of passion and hard work, developer LKA now requires extra time to make the unplanned changes. Martha is dead. As a result, we'll still launch digitally on both the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 on Thursday, February 24th. But the physical retail release will be displayed to delayed to yet to be an undisclosed date. Although we anticipate this only to be a small number of weeks, our physical edition will still contain the bonus content as a double-sided poster, digital tarot cards, and Martha's Dead digital EP. We will update players with the date we ship this edition as soon as we have the information. The PC and Xbox versions of Martha's Dead are are both unaffected by these developments and will launch with a full unedited gameplay as planned. We look forward to players experiencing the work of LKA on Thursday, February 24, 2022. Now, Daryl, you are big into the horror games. Um, honestly, I'm going to be... I did not even know about this until you uh, put this a link in the thing, uh, in our chats. So what can you tell us about the game, and how do you feel about being spo- uh, censored on PlayStation consoles? 
so the reason why I pitched it was because this is kind of becoming a bigger and bigger thing on Sony platforms. Um, which, you know, it started with agony. And then what I've noticed is that like more and more games are getting censored. Even they even censored a version of the devil may cry five. And you know, those games are, are really not that, you know, there's, there's nothing really, you know, awfully inappropriate in the, in there. Now, I don't know the details as of what content is being stripped or censored in Martha's dead, but I, I'm, I'm seeing where more and more games are, are having this. And, and this game has been on my radar because, you know, like it's in the PlayStation five store as like an advertisement, but like limited run games is doing like the physical edition and the collector's edition. And what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to buy the, all of the physical versions of these like smaller known horror games. And whenever I saw the article from push square pop up, I'm like, what is going on here? This is like, you know, and CJ, you know, one of our old uh, hosts for the loot bros, you know, he is, he's constantly criticized um, Sony for censorship. And most of the, most of the stuff I, I didn't even know was going on. I don't play a lot of the, the Japanese anime games. So I, I'm assuming that I, I had assumed that's where this was happening. It wasn't until devil may cry five had like these lights put over people's bottoms when they were doing cartwheels and flips and stuff that like, I even knew that this was a thing and it was a bit of an uproar over D DMC five, you know, saying where they're like, you know, Sony's, you know, censorship's happening. And, um, going back to agony, agony is another first person horror game. Now I knew agony's content was going to be edgy because it's all about going to hell. And, you know, there's, there's a bit of nudity in there. There's a bit of a uh, phallic looking creatures, um, things like that. Uh, but apparently, you know, it was unsafe for console release and I had pre-ordered the game and bought the physical edition on console. Um, you know, and for me personally, and you know, with my uh, convictions and, and religious beliefs and things like that, I'm like, you know, okay, taking some adult content out of a game is no skin off my back personally, you know? But like, it's frustrating as someone who also believes in the freedom of expression and free speech and things like that, to where censorship in our culture is becoming more and more like ridiculous. Like everywhere you turn, you're being told what you can't say, can't do, can't consume, you know? So, so for me, I'm like, well, this is, you know, this censorship thing is, it needs to be an all or nothing deal personally, you know, like, um, just because you don't like a thing doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. You know, I might not like something for various reasons, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. You know, even the things that are, are contrary to what I believe. Uh, that being said, constantly seeing these games getting censored is starting to get very frustrating, especially as a as a PlayStation fan and as a horror fan. Uh, I picked up Agony on the on the Switch. It was on sale for like less than five bucks. I picked it up. And I played through it on the Switch, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the unedited version of the game on the Switch. Which is, on which is surprising, because Nintendo normally censors shit, too. Well, it used to be that way up until now. Now, right. like even like the article says, you can go anywhere else and buy the uncensored version. Now, again, I don't know what they're censoring out of. It could be a rape scene. It could be nudity. It could be penises. You know what I'm saying? Like, it might be one of those things where I'm like, oh, I'm glad that I have the censored version. But... well. Oh, I, I, let me cut you off real quick because the article okay. says some fans hypothesize that the modifications may relate to a scene in which you are required to surgically remove a corpse's face 
which you then proceed to wear as a mask. Well, see, I don't see anything wrong with that, realistically. I mean, like, granted, it might be pretty gory. It might be pretty intense or whatever. But, like, come on, dude. Play Dying Light. Like, I'm slow motion, you know what I'm saying, cutting heads off and freaking cutting arms off of, of things or whatever. And, like, I don't know. Like, I don't have an issue with gore, personally. I think I think most of it's kind of silly. Um, well, I mean, and and the article goes on to say, uh, still, that doesn't seem much worse than anything depicted in Mortal Kombat 11 or even right. Sony's own The Last of Us Part 2, both which are grossly sadistic at times and available uncentered on PlayStation platforms. Didn't Sony Correct. build God of War on increasingly violent battles? Yeah, like, if you look at the first game. boss battle in the series, the Hydra, and you impale the thing through the face on a ship mast. You know, like granted, it didn't show the actual act of, but like on Sony platforms, there are sex mini games in God of War. You know, yes, there are. Like so, it's like I mean, sure they do. The camera turns away during the act of, but you're doing a quick time event while they're moaning and the camera's gyrating. Like the implication is there. So it's like to see this version of Sony now where they're just like low key censoring things. I, it's kind of like, I don't know, man, well, I, it brings up a concern, whether it's a valid concern or not, you know? And again, I say this from the perspective of the censored version might actually be my preferred version, depending on the type of content they cut out, you know? Um, but that being said, it's kind of like the fact that it's a thing and it's becoming a known thing and the uh, competitors are not doing it does bring calls for concern. Yeah. It's also worth noting that you would just talk about the sex scenes that got a war in the last of us part two. There's a full on sex scene. Like and right. they uh, don't, they don't turn the camera away. And, so, and again, so it's like, what are we doing here? Where, what is the state? What is the process that, that says this is, or this is not acceptable to be cut out. So I, Alex, your, your thoughts on this? I mean, I think some level of censorship can be a good thing. Like Daryl said, there's some particularly gratuitous scenes that probably, you know, might be best left out of a video game or a movie or, you know, a television show. But, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, you don't want it to lead to the more widespread censoring things. I mean, we've played plenty of violent video games on Sony consoles. You know, I remember on the PS2 when... It didn't show it, but you saw the shadows and the the skull going over Mr. Grimm's head where Mr. Grimm, the character from Twist Metal Black, was, I think he was in the Vietnam War and got caught and he was a prisoner of war and he ate one of his compatriots who um, was in a hole with him, which is where he got the skull to wear on his head. So there's been plenty of violence on Sony consoles for a long, long time. I don't think there's going to be a widespread censorship of a lot of things like gore and violence and foul language and nudity, but, you know, in some cases, it, it might be warranted. I, I don't know the particular content, like Daryl said, that they're censoring, but there's a chance it could be warranted, or, you know, maybe it's just, a, you know, Sony's playing a little too safe. Who knows? Yeah. Now, Daryl, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Daryl, with, with everything that you've been hearing about this, is are they saying that this is only affecting certain countries, or is this across the board? This is across the board because the cons, the, the physical release is you know, in the U.S. So, and again, that's the only reason it even came across my radar is because I've been watching out for the physical release. And, you know, it's like it's pre-orderable or it was, yeah, it's pre-orderable right now. 
And I don't know if they're planning on doing a physical release anywhere other than limited run, you know, because that's the one I've had my eye on. But so, you know, and here's just kind of how the run down of how this works. So again, specifically for limited run games, they will open up like a four or five week pre-order, right? For these PlayStation five games, PlayStation four games. And they'll allow you to pre-order the game for a certain amount of weeks. And then they turn the pre-orders off. And then it takes like three months, four months, maybe even more to, to actually press the games on disc. And I mean, some of these games I bought, it feels like six months ago and I still haven't got them yet. You know, tortured souls being one of them, not tortured souls. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I got tortured souls. Um, anyways, it doesn't matter. There's a handful of these horror games. It's, it seems like it takes forever to get them. So now they're saying, well, we got to delay the game because we have to remove the content on the physical disc. You know, the digital version, we can upload a censored version fast. So that'll still come out on February 24th, you know, but then it's like, but the physical version, now we have to reprint the discs. And I'm like, whoa, you know, we have to resubmit everything. That To me, it just seems like, you know, it's got, it's my thoughts. It's got to be something serious, you know, or there is some sort of, I don't want to say an algorithm because I'd hate for it to be, you know, down to that, but it's, it's got to be a process. You know, it's, something landed on someone's desk somewhere and it was like, well, this doesn't meet the standard, you know, because like you said, with The Last of Us 2, having, you know, what I'm saying like sex scenes and, and gratuitous violence and just being known for being a, violent game in general you know like i don't know cutting someone's face off doesn't seem like anything out of the norm when it comes to video games i mean we played manhunt for for crying out loud and like that was a pretty gruesome game so i don't know it's 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 very it's very interesting but yeah so the physical version is the u.s version is i mean i don't know that it's not just for the u.s but yeah and that's the one that is getting delayed so it's very interesting all right. I mean, the reason I asked you that, Daryl, is because the, I, 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 I believe it was kind of funny. Games Daily, uh, when they were talking about the Sims are coming out with a new expansion, and they're releasing the expansion, but all except with Russia, because apparently Russia has some kind of homophobic law, in which the new uh, expansion for the Sims. Uh, allows you to have same-sex marriages and, you know, raise a family and all this other stuff. But, I mean, over the years, we've talked about certain games not being released in certain countries because of this or that. So it's not... Censorship has always been a problem, but this is just weird that this is affecting PlayStation or Sony consoles, so to speak, without it affecting, you know, like right. a, a certain country saying, oh, no, we don't want this in our country. Right, because so, there's I, a lot of countries that ban, you know, same-sex relations. There's a lot of countries that ban even certain protagonists being very, certain colors. Um, you know, right. and but th- that's not necessarily a Sony thing, and it's not, you know, it's well, it's not necessarily an America thing, but it's it's usually not just a Sony thing. It's like uh, this game's not allowed because of this. I mean, CJ, I'll tell you. It doesn't take much for a game to get banned in Australia for any yeah, I was reason. About to say, you know? was, wasn't Grand Theft Auto banned in Australia for a while? Oh, oh, yeah. There's games that hit the shelves, and then two weeks later, they'll be banned. It just depends on you know what, what a grievance they're going for this time. But what's very 
alarming is that this is just a Sony thing. That this ga- same game will release on Xbox and Nintendo and will be fine. And well, I, I'll play well, both versions and see what happens. But I'm, to, to, to be fair, I d- it didn't say that it was released on a Switch. So, um, well, I mean, that, that may be true. Yeah, it, it, it did use a PC and Xbox, but still, though, you know, like, what's the difference between an Xbox and a PlayStation, really? You know, well, you, I mean, like, you know, there's, you know, there's going to be articles once this game comes out saying what, what the change was. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so. I mean,. It, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not interested in playing the game. I actually, like I said before, I didn't even know that this game existed until you sent the uh, the link to the article. So, I mean, as far as censorship goes, I mean, it, it it's a tough nut to crack because, as you said, Daryl, it's like it may be for the better, and you know, people with your beliefs and whatnot. And I'm not I'm not criticizing you at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People with your your beliefs and whatnot it might be better for you but i i am also for free speech like you know a lot of the criticism that came with the last of us two part two was how you know they felt like neil Druckmann uh went to the you know the social warrior space and he you know he included too many things and one of the things uh spoiler for the last of us part two if you don't uh haven't played it yet uh a little bit of spoiler they got criticized for dead naming somebody one of the characters, like, I'm all about free speech, and if you don't want to play the game because you don't believe in the beliefs of the developer or the, the system or, you know, the game, whatnot, don't play the fucking game. Yeah. But if you're, if this developer, which I don't even know who makes Martha's Dead, uh, was that in the article? Uh, it, it it does say. I think it was uh, TC or... Wired, you, Wired Productions. It was Wired and someone else. So yeah, you you had named it or said earlier. Yeah. Um. Listen, if this is the game they want to put out, then I mean I don't want to go to the extreme and say, well, if Sony's so much against this game coming out uncensored, then don't even put the game out. You know what I'm saying? It's it's weird to me that they would go far and say, okay, the game can come out, but it can't have this scene. And I remember as a kid, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm about to uh, age myself, but back in the day when Mortal Kombat first came out, it was centered on, on Nintendo, on Nintendo, but it was uncensored on the Genesis. Well, they they censored yep. the blood. They took the blood out. Yeah, it was sweat on Nintendo, and it was actual blood. And see, we had both, and we, my dad bought, you know, Mortal Kombat on the Genesis for that reason, you know. Was like, oh, this is, a, you know, the guy at the game store was like, which one you want? He's like, I don't know. We got both systems. He goes, well, this one's got blood in. It. He's like, all right, well, I'll play that version. You know, what I mean, it, 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 like I said, it's just it's a weird thing. Um, I didn't know like it was so rampant. Like other games have been centered because you know this type of stuff doesn't come across. But you know, like you were saying, CJ lives in Australia and they censor everything down there. And they block games. They ban games. So he's more in the know on this. Maybe we need to get right. CJ on to, you know, further dive into this. Yeah, he's definitely got his ear to the ground on it for sure. All right. Well, we're approaching the two-hour mark, which is becoming the staple of the show. I'm hoping you guys are enjoying these longer shows <laughs> as we do. Uh, at least it's not a five-hour show like we did with Daryl. There you go. Well, one yep. two shows, technically. 
I split it into two shows, but yeah, it was one. Like we we had got to a point where technically we could have ended the show, and we were getting ready to go into another subject, and then someone was like, "Hey, you want? Should we end it now?" I'm like, "No, keep going. I'll split it later." And we just kept talking. It, it, I, I, th- I think we approached like four hours and forty five minutes total. Yeah, it was insane. Yep. All right. Well, I also want to cut this short because Daryl has to go and record the Loop Bros uh, in four minutes. So let's close out <laughs> the show with some shout outs. Uh, Daryl, we'll start with you, sir. Yeah, well, shout out to you guys. Thanks for having me on again. You know, I, I've really enjoyed coming on here in a, in a semi-frequent fashion. I think that, um, you know, I don't know how you guys feel, but I know that like our earlier year interactions were so like competitive and filled with trash talk that I don't think we really got to you know, have as much, uh, candid and, you know, like deliberate, I guess, conversation. Um, so I've really enjoyed us, you know, uh, coming together and talking about various things and, uh, you know, it's been, it's been fun. So thanks. Thank you guys for having me on again. And, uh, uh shout out to the loot bros and uh, everything we got going on over there on the show. Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of content we've been pumping out and, and uh, I've added a couple of new hosts and I think that, uh, we've added the bearded nerd, which has been, you know, uh, a good, it, it, he compliments, um, our group. Like it's been, it's been good. It's been nice to have another co-host on that's been, uh, brings good conversation, plays a different style of game. You know, uh, he's a streamer. So he, uh, he streams, you know, games that are a little lend themselves to, you know, community interaction and stuff, more multiplayer centric stuff. And, um, so it's nice to have somebody on who has a, a little bit of, you know, different taste than the rest of us. And, uh, so yeah, so and then a shout out to our 2022 spam celibacy. I don't know about you, but uh, you know, uh, a month and a half into it, I'm feeling a little bagged up, but I'm making it. So. I'm I'm not even twitching over here. I got good games to play. <laughs> yeah, it's probably because uh, Tricky's playing Tricky, Tricky smoking like two packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Alex, your shout out, sir. I give a shout out to the community, the fans, the fuel to the fire that's driving horrors. That you guys are really what makes the show go. You drive our community forward. We love the interaction. So uh, thank you all very much for continuing to support us through all the years and into 2022. Give a shout out to, to Tricky. A shout out, who, you know, as he said, is is uh, recording from work. So Tricky's yep. uh, glad to have you back, Tricky. We uh, wish you would we would have had you on last week for the big the big chat about Bungie. But I'm glad to have you back this week. It's always good to have you and Daryl on the same show because there's always good banter between you all. Uh, shout out to Daryl, who uh, oftentimes in you know this year already has come in to save our ass, whether it's editing a podcast, Tricky needs him to edit, or just coming in to fill in a chair. So thank you, Daryl, for giving up your time because you know hey, I haven't I haven't had him edit in a long time. It was a, there was a recent Not one like a fireside chat. I mean, maybe it was last year, but it was it was like yeah, it, the end it was of the year. technically last year. Technically, yeah. Okay, well. Okay, that was a dual show that Daryl offered to edit. That wasn't a Trophy Can, Wars episode. That was the us talking about the. Uh, but it was still over an hour. It's not like it was five it. minutes. Yeah, there you go. He's got a point. Can, can I just thank Daryl yeah. without you interrupting me? Well, I mean, we can't give Daryl too much credit. Okay, you, I mean, you, maybe you can't, but I can. I've I've gone two hours without insulting Daryl. It's like that, bullshit. You called him your trophy bitch earlier. You've insulted him plenty. <laughs> I said almost two hours. Okay, well... That was at the start of the show. It's almost two hours. Uh, well, I'm sure you've thrown barbs wow. here and there. But no, thank you, Daryl, for coming on and helping us out. And like you said, it's always great to uh, to converse 
with you and, you know, just talk things through with you because we haven't had a chance to talk to you about, you know, Activision. And so, well, actually, no, we, we weren't on the big episode we did about Activision and Microsoft. So we haven't had a chance to talk to you about that. We haven't had a chance to talk to you about um, Sony buying Bungie. So it was really good to, to talk all about that. And yeah, dude, after the trophy war, I mean, there was a lot of smack talk and shit, man, I just want to play some games. I don't want to be sitting here. Yep fight with everybody all the time that's one thing i'm gonna do less as i get older is fight with people because you know i i feel like i need to delete my twitter account every day because all i see on twitter is a bunch of bullshit fighting i just just people fighting yeah it's toxic i, and I, don't deal I deleted it. mine a couple years ago yeah. man it was uh yeah I, and you know what though i have this practice too on, on facebook where like i'll friend somebody and if it's not like someone in my immediate circle i will immediately unfollow them uh, just because i i don't want any of their I don't want to know their business. I don't want to see who they're arguing with. You know, like if I see someone going back and forth and arguing with somebody, I immediately unfollow. We might still be friends, but I don't want to see it. I just, that's not my, that's not what I enjoy. Yeah. So great to have you and, on the show. And is, to be fair, Alex, you, what's that? I was just saying, to be fair, Alex, you did talk to him about the uh, Activision Blizzard when we did the fireside chat. Oh, I can't remember who all was on that. It was me, you, JT, Joe. <coughs> and Troy. Uh, Daryl wasn't on there. Yeah, Troy. it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yes. So I didn't talk to him. So. Oh, no. Daryl, you weren't on that show? No. Uh-uh. Oh, I'll trade you back down at the last minute. That's oh, right. wow. I like the way you word it. Dar- Daryl <laughs> sitting here getting ready to edit another pod, or getting ready to record another podcast. Grace, graciously joining us for our pad, pod, podcast so you know we can have a third chair. And uh, you're throwing barbs. Tricky. I'm not having it. Mm-hmm. I'm not fucking having it. Um, All right. Finish your, sh- finish your shout out. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Yield. We are on the eve of the Super Bowl and the Bengals play the Rams tomorrow. So hopefully the, the Cincinnati squad can, can pull out a win and bring a, a Super Bowl, a Lombardi trophy back to Cincinnati because those fans have waited a long, long time for that. And, you know, we'd, we'd like the yield to have that excitement in his life. I know he says that, you know, he'll be fine if they lose. And ultimately he will. But I know that he would be so much more so excited to get a Super Bowl win. So he deserves that. He and the Bengals fans have earned that over the years. Uh, last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my loving and awesome girlfriend, Ashley. Even though she's called first dibs on Wolf Among Us 2, I can still forgive her for that. Because, again, <laughs> I have a PlayStation because she was willing to buy me one, so. Shoutouts are over, Tricky. All right, and Tricky, are you running this show? Uh, what the hell? I, give me a second here, Killer. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, what, I, you I, you I got nothing but time, out. Tricky Mick. Uh, well, Daryl's two minutes late for his own show, so you keep interrupting me. He's gonna be even later. You're the one insulting him, you, and now you're he's, like, "Oh, he's oh, gonna make Daryl's show." He's gonna make you edit the loop, bros. You look, nah. look dude. <laughs> look. You constantly All right, listen, I want to give a shout-out to the listeners. I'm not listening to Alex somewhere. We give a shout-out to all the listeners. Shout-out to Daryl. I mean, Daryl, you know, it's always a pleasure when you're on the show, uh, being able to throw bars back and forth to each other. It's, it makes for a good show. Uh, shout-out to Alex. Shout-out to Yield. Yield, I want to tell you, even though you're never going to listen to this, uh, I've been watching TikTok, which is your favorite social media app. Uh, there is a dog who has been uh, shooting... Uh, balls into baskets predicting every game of the NFL playoffs and every prediction this dog has made has come true and I want to tell you that the dog uh, picked the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. So it's <laughs> Nostradogus? 
I, I <laughs> if I find the video again, I will send it to everybody. But since this is the show's not going to come out until after the Super Bowl, uh, I I don't feel like I'm jinxing it. But this dog has been right every step of the way. Uh, so hopefully, uh, when you guys hear Yield next week, he is uh, a Super Bowl champion fan. Champion. Yeah, Daryl, I enjoyed your joke. Uh, I know that Tricky didn't give you any. Comments, I'm glad somebody got it because Tricky good. just completely, he knows so much. Yeah, joke. exactly. And he's a <laughs> no, dog no, lover, I, too. I, he loves dogs. I, I, I heard the joke. It just wasn't funny. Oh, See, that's actually a compliment, oh, Daryl, because I don't know if you've heard Tricky's humor before, but my gosh. If, there, if <laughs> There's nothing funny about getting hit in the face with a frying pan, just like there's nothing funny about Tricky's jokes. Uh, Daryl, you want to hear a good dad joke before I close out the show? Uh, sure. What did the bra say to the hat? I don't know. You go ahead. I'm going to give these two a lift. <laughs> Pretty good. I like there, it. There you go. All right. So if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. Later. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.